What's happening? Can I have all y'all stand up? We want to say hello to all the campuses and everybody watching out there online and give all those people out in the military a big hand. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Welcome you. Welcome you to The Rock. My name is Miles McPherson, the pastor, and we are celebrating 20 years. Amen. Come on, come on, come on. <clears throat> we started the church uh, February 27th, year 2000, so we'll be celebrating the first Sunday in March. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been, it went by quick, went by quick, 20 years, and 20 years from now I'll be 80, so I'll be still strong 80. Come on now, come on now, 80. And then 100, then 100. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going to be doing that at 80, but uh, <laughs> I know God is going to still be doing this thing. Can I get amen? If you are a visitor in any campus, just raise your hand. We want to uh, celebrate you and welcome you. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. So uh, we, um, if you are a visitor, we have seven campuses around San Diego, online in Mexico. And we, have, we actually, we have a group in Africa watching, uh, about 30, 40 people in Africa watching uh, every week. So all over the world. So we're so excited. I'm very excited about this series. Uh, we're going to be talking about forgiveness. Everyone say forgiveness. Um, that my prayer is that you are delivered from something you've been carrying. That God doesn't want you to carry. That you don't need to carry. It's not doing you any good. It's not doing you any good. It's just tormenting you. And so hopefully you'll be set free and um, you'll experience more of the joy of the Lord. A lot of times we're praying uh, that God bless us against what we're, <laughs> our own burden. Um, and we're fighting him away with uh, unforgiveness. So I pray that he would, would set you free. Can I get amen? amen? Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness and your goodness. And we pray you encourage us. And Lord, I pray people are set free today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Say hello to someone next to you as you sit down. Say hello. Let's get your Bibles ready, church. Let's get your Bibles ready. Let's get your Bibles ready on the count of three. Say word. One, two, three. Say word. Turn to Matthew 27. First book of the New Testament, Matthew 27. Matthew 27, first book in the New Testament. Matthew 27. So years ago, I had a conflict with someone. They had done something to me. And that act started a downward spiral of bitterness and anger in my heart. And because that person never apologized, I started to harbor stuff in my heart. And it became a burden in my life. I started to harbor uh, emotional bondage where whenever I would think about them, I would get emotionally distressed. Then I had spiritual bondage. I couldn't pray for them. Even if I was in a conversation and people prayed for them, I would mumble something or cross my fingers behind my back. <laughs> then I, had, I was in a physical bondage where I would have visceral reactions in my body when people would say nice things about them. You know, it would just stress me out or I would get heat that would come up through my neck and just, you know, I would feel it physically. 
And then I had verbal bondage or abuse where I could not say anything positive about them. And other people would say nice things about them because they were a nice person, but I was focused on the hurt that I had and the unforgiveness in my heart. And then I had anger and hate. I was angry because of what had happened and I was angry because of how in my mind I created something worse than what really happened and dwelt on it for a long, long time. And then it created bitterness in my heart. Uh, as I was thinking about this person and what they did and, and by the way, their perception of what they did. And I was carrying around all this stuff every day. And I was a pastor. And they were a pastor. This was years ago, but I was still. And I was carrying around all the stuff and it was weighing on me. And I was praying, trying to get blessed over here, trying to get blessed over here. And trying to be a blessing to this person, encourage this person, ask God to hear my prayers. And yet I was carrying around all this stuff because it was related to my unforgiveness of that person. Had nothing to do with the fact that they had not said sorry. That wasn't the issue. It was what I was harboring in my heart. I had to, at some point, let it go. The title of my message is The Bondage of Unforgiveness. Everyone say The Bondage of Unforgiveness. I want to give you three steps to letting this stuff go. First, I want to challenge you to identify that you have it, that you really need to acknowledge that this stuff is in your life. You got to give yourself permission to let it go. And then you got to direct yourself to actually surrender to God. At some point, you got to say, I'm done. Forgiveness is about you. It's not about them. They can do whatever they want. Someone can do one thing to you or you perceive that they did something to you. And then you start in your mind carrying it on for years and years and years and years. Bitterness in your heart, stress in your mind. Verbally, you're saying stuff about, can't say anything nice about them. And at the same time, asking God to forgive you. So we're going to talk about how you can let that go. And by the way, and, and, and understand this, this is all about you and God. It has nothing to do with them. They've done what they're going to do and they're going to do what they're going to do. But the only person that's responsible for you is you. Number one, let's talk about what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is restoring the ability of the image of God in you to respond to the image of God in them. Now understand this, every single person was created in the image of God and part of the image of God is that we were created for the purpose of loving everyone else. And everybody you know is created in the image of God. No matter what they've done, no matter what they do, how they live their life, they were created in the image of God, you were created in the image of God, and you were created for the purpose of loving them. Unforgiveness, one of the many reasons that we can't express God's pure love and patience and kindness and goodness towards somebody, unforgiveness gets in the way. And we start, and all those things I just talked about weigh us down and prevent us from actually expressing the love of God towards someone. Forgiveness is removing those barriers those burdens, releasing yourself from the bondage of anger and hate and bitterness and envy and jealousy and saying, I am going to allow the image of God in me, respond to the image of God in you. Whether it be through love or joy or patience or kindness or, or forgiveness or not envy, but being a, being a blessing to that person. Now let me explain what forgiveness is not because you may be thinking, well, this person raped me. This person molested me. This person abuse me. 
I get it. Forgiveness does not mean, it's in your notes, it does not mean if I forgive is what they did okay. No, absolutely not. It doesn't mean that what they did is okay. It means you are releasing the burden off your life that you've been carrying because of their pain, because of what they did. Forgiveness does not mean if I forgive, is there still consequences? Absolutely. I had a guy, he misappropriated some funds in my life. I forgave him, but he had to pay me back. <laughs> Straight up. We had a meeting. I said, brother, you know, uh, <laughs> this was wrong. Let's all sit down. We got a third party. We sat down wrote a contract. I said, I love you. I forgive you, but I want my money. <laughs> and, he paid, and, we, and then we agreed to a payback schedule. And by the way, me forgiving him, me forgiving him, wasn't necessarily, if he didn't pay me back, I still didn't want to carry the burden. Now, was I going to lend him some money or do a money deal with him? No. Did I, did I want to hang out with him? No. But, it, but, it, but I wasn't going to walk around my whole life suffering, being burdened because of something he did. That means he had power over me. And not only did he have power over me, but his, his one act, two acts, had power over me for as long as I was going to, that, that, that one act was not worth all the joy and time and energy I was going to give up worrying about him. So I had to let it go for me. It was about me and God and my life and my peace with God. If I forgive, do I need to trust them? No. <laughs> Unless they earn it. Now, by the way, sometimes when we forgive people, we realize that they're not the problem we are. Sometimes when we sit down and talk with somebody, we realize that what we thought they did, they didn't actually do. Sometimes when we sit down and talk with somebody, we realize that, oh, if I had that information, I might have done the same thing. So it's, it, it, we have to realize that sometimes we're wrong in our assessment of what happened. I say sometimes because we all have different situations. Sometimes people do straight up bad things. You say, listen, I'm not going to carry the burden of the pain that you put in my life, but I don't ever want to see you again. Great. Great. But don't, what we're talking about today is letting it go. And lastly, if I forgive, do I need to forget? Well, Yes, you need to forget the idea of seeking revenge. <laughs> Let that go. The Bible says that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. How many of you, how many of you would love for God to get revenge for you? Can I get it? Some of y'all are like, no, I want to get revenge myself. Y'all, a lot of y'all didn't raise your hand on that one. Let me say it again. Let me say it again. <laughs> y'all like, nah, I think I want to get revenge. How many of y'all would love for God to get revenge for you? Can I get amen? How many of you want to get revenge yourself? <laughs> yeah, some of y'all like, <laughs> I'm glad we're preaching this message. This message is for you. <laughs> let, me, let, me let me tell you a little trick of the devil. Let me tell you a little trick of the devil. By you arguing in your head, by you talking about behind their back, the devil's telling you you're getting them back when you're not. I had a lady come up to me. She said, it was after church years ago. She said, I've been mad at you for eight years and I just want to say I'm sorry. I said to her, who are you? <laughs> What's your name? I mean, I, I, what happened? What did I do? I, she said, no, don't worry. I just, want, I, just want to, I just want to say I forgive you. I said, okay. <laughs> so for eight years. 
She's been fighting and arguing, whatever. She's been dealing with carrying all that for eight years. And I was completely clueless. Now, maybe I had an acting deal with some famous people that she blocked me from and I don't know about. And so she thinks she got me back. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. But the point is, I'm good. And if you think you're getting them back, you're not. And it's not your place. Your place is to let it go. So do you need to forget? You need to forget seeking revenge, but you do not need to forget to protect your heart. Don't put, you are not required, if you forgive somebody, to put yourself in a position to be hurt again. Understand that. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Now, seemed like a contradiction, but it's not. How many of y'all, by a show of hands, had somebody in your life where you were really mad at them? They really hurt you and they were really wrong. But your friends today. <laughs> Why? Because God works things out. <laughs> God works things out. So, what do we do? Let's read uh, Matthew 27. You're going to be like, this story is going to kind of flip you out a little bit, maybe. It's a story about Judas. Now, Jesus had 12 disciples and one of the most famous ones was Judas because he did the most wicked thing. He betrayed Jesus. By the way, Jesus didn't need Judas to be betrayed to get, I mean, he could have just said, here I am. They knew who he was. But this is how it played out for a lot of reasons, one of which I think God is telling us you're always going to have a Judas in your life. So, but that's another story. Judas pay, is paid money to betray Jesus in the garden where he's praying to bring the soldiers and say, here's who Jesus is. One of his disciples would walk with him for 12, three years. Jesus washed his feet. He did sort of miracles, did all this amazing stuff. And he turned on, his, he turned on Jesus himself. And he felt so bad that he killed himself. Now, I'll read the story here in a minute, but before I do, let me say this. When someone offends you and they sin against God, against you, to you, your response is your responsibility. And you do not have the freedom to respond any way you want. You can actually respond and sin. I, when that person did that to me, and I grabbed all this stuff, I said, I'm mad. I'm going to get him back. I'm not going to pray for that blank. I'm going to... I was in sin. Now it's no longer has nothing to do with him. Has everything to do with me. I had to deal with me. Now the devil will say, you deserve it. You, you, you're justified. No, I was not. I had to let it go. So when it comes to Judas, Judas did something, but then it's what he did with it. How he never went to God and never received the forgiveness of God. Look what it says in Matthew 27, verse 3 to 5. It says, then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. These are the people who, who paid him. And he said, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. I did a wrong thing. And they said, what is that to you? You see to it. In other words, we're done with you. We don't, we, don't want to have, we don't want to have anything to do with you. You did your job. You did whatever you want to do with that money. And Judas threw down the pieces of silver in the temple, ran out, and he hung himself. 
And what does that got to do with you? If you do not let this go, it will kill you. Now, you may not hang yourself. You may not hang yourself. But it will destroy your relationships, your joy, your sleep, your health, all, your, your spiritual life, your prayer life. It will destroy time and energy in your life that is not worth it. So number one, challenge yourself to identify your bondage of unforgiveness. I want you to look at this bondage that you are carrying. And we're going to look at them one at a time in, in the thing, but I just want you to get this picture first. You are carrying spiritual bondage, verbal abuse, emotional abuse. This stuff is hanging on you. Look at your notes. Letter A, the, are you enslaved to the emotional, of, emotional bondage of stressful feelings? When this person comes up, this, this incident comes up, you just get hot. You get anger, you get, you, you, you get stressed out, you got heat coming in your neck. You ever get that heat coming in your neck, in your head? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yes, I, I, was, I was doing a stress test for my heart. I had a heart thing know, a few months ago and they, and they put the stuff in my veins and, and you could feel a, it was a, 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 some test, you go in the tube and they, they put his iodine or radioactive stuff in your body and I was all lit up glowing and you could feel it coming up all in your head and, I was, and, and that's how it is, that there's an emotion like, oh, oh, that person, yeah. And everybody's like, hey, isn't someone great? And inside you're just going, oh. and they ain't even thinking about you. James 1.19 says, so my beloved, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the wrath of man, the anger of man, does not produce the righteousness of God. You cannot please God in that state. You can't please God with that attitude. Period. Are you enslaved by the verbal bondage of dishonoring speech? In other words, you can't say anything nice about that person. Hey, isn't so-and-so great? Yeah, yeah. You can't say anything. Why? Because your heart is evil. Luke 6.45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil out of the abundance or overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Do you know that you say one curse word, that means there's about a thousand more waiting to come out. If you say one critical thing, there's about a thousand more waiting to come out. What comes out of your mouth is the overflow. You ever hear people say, well, they, they say one bad thing on TV and they say, well, that's not really who I am. Oh, yes, it is. Because that was just the overflow. <laughs> that wasn't the reserve. Wait, you know, they're, they're all lined up. Like, let's go. Let's go. If we just poke you the wrong way. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know? In other words, when you do something bad, your heart's going to say, oh, that, that's really not who you are. You know, you're really good. It lies to you. By the way, how many of y'all admit that your heart lies to you? Okay. You ever hear people say, well, I have, really have a good heart. Now, there's truth to that. There, you know, God gave us his image. So he gave us the ability to, to forgive and be patient and be kind and, and be loving. He, we got that from God. We didn't create that. That's not something we can take ownership of that I created this. That's me. No, that's God gave you. We're the ones who pervert it. Are you being enslaved by and tormented by a physical bondage of unhealthy Unhealthy body. 
a very high percentage of multiple diseases has cancer, I mean, um, uh, unforgiveness related to it. Because it was carrying all that burden wears out your immune system. Leading to all kind of ailments in your life. And unfortunately, a lot of medicine deals with the symptom and not the cause. And if unforgiveness is your cause and you're dealing with the symptom, guess what's going to happen? You're probably not going to get well. You got to let it go. You got to let it go. And the last one, this is probably the most important one. Are you trapped in the spiritual bondage of the inability to pray and minister to someone? Why? Because you have been alienated by God. Matthew 11, 25 says, when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Oh, snap. Let's think about it. Dear God, I am so thankful for my job. I thank you for my money. I want to get a big house. Can you, can you bless me with this house? Can you bless me with, with my, my new brand new Mercedes? Huh? Can you bless me with some Lululemon and then a Lululemon body? Can you bless me, God? <laughs> If you don't know what a Lululemon body is, <laughs> go to Lululemon. <laughs> and then God says, but, but, but hada, 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 hada. This is God. Hada, hada, hada is Hebrew for hold up. <laughs> you were just cursing that person. So help me understand how I'm supposed to forgive you and bless you when you can't forgive and bless them. By the way, I've given you enough forgiveness for them. So you are holding forgiveness back from them. So help me understand that. Look what the Bible says. Matthew 11, 25. Mark, Mark, I'm sorry, Mark 11, 25. My bad. When you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, say anyone. You know what anyone means? It means anyone. Well, does it? <laughs> Sometimes you, you'll have a conversation with people. I say, "You need to forgive everybody," and then someone will say, "Well, does everybody include?" Yes, <laughs> everybody. Even yes. Let me go to let me go to the extreme. Someone has violated you. Forgiving them does not mean it was okay. Forgiving them, forgiving them does not mean you need to be friends with them. Forgiving them does not mean you need to, doesn't, does not mean don't protect your heart. Forgiving them doesn't mean they shouldn't go to jail. They need to go to jail. It just means you don't carry the burden. It means you could be set free and move on with your life. That's what it means. Does that make sense? That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about, oh, you need to be their friends and you need to love them like, like everybody else. No, it's just, I don't want to carry that anymore. And if, he says here, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. For if you do not forgive, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So you're saying that if I don't let this go, God's out. That's what he said. I'm not telling you, that's what he said. What happens when, what happens when God doesn't forgive you? You get alienated from God. And guess what fills that gap? The devil. 
Christian, you are, can, be, can surrender parts of your life and parts of your psyche, parts of your habits. Say, devil, I'm not going to listen to God in this one. I'm going to listen to you. You're listening to only have one master. It's either God or the devil. You're not your own master. And so you're going to say, when it comes to that person, devil, I take your advice. That's why when some people come to mind, all this evil comes in your head. That's not from God. That's a spiritual battle you're losing. And you're playing with fire. And if you, if you let the do- the open that door, then you open another spiritual door to evil, another spiritual door to evil. Next thing you know, you're just going through the, the Christian motions, but really you're being driven by evil. Yeah, you may have your same pretty face in your little Bible and your little Bible study and your little D group. By the way, this, you're talking about a reason to be in a D group and in a small group. This is it. So you can have people in your life pray for you and say, brother, listen, I had to forgive somebody recently and I had to get counsel. Help me. Like recently, recently. Help me. This is hard. That's why you have to have people in your life that can walk you through this and pray for you and, and, and encourage you through these kind of things. So number two, permit yourself to let go of your bondage of unforgiveness. In other words, you're carrying this stuff and you've been carrying it for a long time. You don't talk yourself into the fact that you deserve to be mad. I deserve to be mad. I deserve to beat them up on my head. And when I beat them up on my head, I feel good. And I like it. So I'm going to keep doing it because they were wrong. Oh, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. And by the way, you're the only one suffering. Because if you're beating somebody else up in your head, I guarantee you, they ain't thinking about you because of that. They may be thinking about you for something else, but what you're doing in your own head is between you and your own head. That's on you. I mean, I used to lay in bed and argue with this person. And I'd be wrong, you know, in my bed like this, and my wife's like, wrong. And my wife would tap me, what's wrong? I'm the one tripping. That brother's sleep in his bed dreaming about somebody. <laughs> you got to let it go because this little voice is saying, you deserve it, you deserve it. No, those voices are wrong. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve to suffer. Matthew 18, 21 to 22, Peter came to Jesus and said, how, Lord, how many times shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times? Jesus said, hmm. I don't say seven, but really it's, it's not only 70, it's seven times 70. That's 490. Now here's, here's, the, here's the spirit of 490. You're not going to be up there counting 375, 376, 370. You're not going to do that. 490 means all the time. Why? Here's why. You would say, are you saying that every day? Do it every day. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is not if they do it every day, it's okay. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is there are no conditions in the world. It doesn't make any sense to any logical human that you should carry this stuff. That's what we're talking about. Let it go. That's what we're talking about. Amen. Come on. Number three, direct yourself to surrender the bondage of unforgiveness. In other words, okay, I I give myself permission. I give myself permission. Now I got to do it. Now I got to do it. I got to say, Lord, forgive me. And by the way, you're asking God, you're asking God to forgive you for your unforgiveness. God, because before you can forgive them, you got to ask God to forgive you. But wait a minute, they offended me. I know. 
Is this about you and God? You gotta say, Lord, forgive me. First John 1 John 1.9, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, we agree that we have sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse. Now, what, does that, what does that mean, cleanse? It means I don't think about that person. Matter of fact, the guy that I'm talking about, we're friends to this day. There is no ill. We hang out. What we... Not friends for a long time. It was years. Yeah. Were we both wrong for years? Yes. <laughs> Were we both idiots for years? Yes. But God was so patient with us. And we're good. We're going to have a, a couple come up here. And they're not a couple in the sense that they're dating. They're just two people. And they are going to model asking and receiving forgiveness. Leonard and Charlene, everyone give them a hand. Say Leonard and Charlene. Now, you may not have someone ask you to forgive. The person in your life may not say, I'm sorry. They may be dead. You may never want to see them. They may just not... Feel sorry, doesn't matter. This is called representational forgiveness. She is going to represent the person that hurts you. And she is going to say sorry in the, in the place of the person who hurts you symbolically. And he is going to extend forgiveness to them. And by the way, the forgiveness is not saying what you did was okay. It's not saying, uh, you know, we can be friends now. It's not saying I'm never going to, I'm not going to stay away from you. It's saying I am not going to carry that. So I want you to imagine the person who hurt you. She's saying, speaking on their behalf. You can go ahead. As a loved one in your life, I want to sincerely apologize for the hurt that I have caused you. I'm sorry for not respecting you, for neglecting you, and for shaming you. I'm sorry for cursing you and for speaking hurtful, deceitful things over you. I'm sorry for the betrayal, for the lies I told about you, for being disrespectful and dishonoring you in private and in public. I'm sorry for spreading rumors about you and for trying to destroy your reputation. I'm sorry that my selfish ambition became my sole focus and that you were hurt in the wake of the destruction I left behind me. I'm sorry for taking advantage of your generosity and your kindness towards me. I'm sorry for being unfaithful. No one deserves to be treated the way I treated you. I'm sorry for causing you to doubt the calling that God has for you. Please. Find it in your heart to forgive me and all the wrong that I have committed against you. I receive your apology. And because the Heavenly Father has forgiven me, I too respond in forgiveness towards you. I choose to forgive you for the things that you've mentioned and even things unmentioned. My choice in forgiving you does not make what you did okay but it delivers me from the bondage of unforgiveness that I've been carrying. From this moment, I look forward to walking in complete healing and freedom 
and will live my life without the hindrance and pain of our past. Thank you for your apology. Thank you. Here's what we're going to do. It's easier to give forgiveness once we have received forgiveness. So in a minute we're going to pray and give you an opportunity in all the campuses to receive the forgiveness of God. But before I get to that, let me say this. I got a text earlier saying, someone asked me, what if you have a hard time forgiving God? The only reason you would have unforgiveness towards God is if God did something wrong. Now, he might not have done what you want or what happened to you might not be something he did. So you're blaming him for doing something he did that he didn't and or something that happened that doesn't ascribe guilt to him. God's not wrong. His ways are not our ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are his thoughts above ours. And so the premise that you're going to forgive God is based on the assumption that he did something wrong. You have to correct that and maybe your perception of what he did. Either way, if you receive the forgiveness of God and let go of the burden you have, he will enable you to see clearly who he is and that he does love you. And that he can empower you. And that he can give you a new start. And he will give you the love and patience and strength to let go of all those burdens so you can walk in freedom. Because in the end, that's the goal. Is that we love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. That we love each other as we love ourselves, And that we can walk in the presence of God and experience the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control of the Holy Spirit. That's the goal. And that we can enjoy the life God has given us without carrying around all those burdens. So in a minute, we're going to pray and you're going to have an opportunity to say, Lord, I receive your forgiveness. And then you can then forgive that person and let go of that burden that you have. So I'm going to ask all of you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And eyes closed, heads bowed. I just want you to listen to this very carefully. No matter what you have done, you may be the person who has received pain and you've been harboring bitterness and anger and, and, you, and God can't forgive you. But you may be the person who actually did the pain. You actually hurt the person. God can forgive you as well. What's so fascinating about this story is that Judas is known for the guy who betrayed Jesus. But Peter denied Jesus and actually cursed his name. So why is Peter known for such a good guy and leader of the church, the foundation of the church, and Judas, a villain. Judas didn't ask for forgiveness, and Peter did. That's it. It don't matter what you've done, whether you've hurt somebody or you've been victimized and you've been harboring unforgiveness, God wants to forgive you. And once you can receive his forgiveness, then you can extend forgiveness to somebody else. So if you would like to receive that forgiveness, I want you to pray this prayer. It's simple as ABC. Admit that you are a sinner. Admit that there's something you've been harboring in your heart that breaks God's heart. 
Believe that Jesus really does love you. He does. It's a fact. He didn't die for some. He died for all. And he knows everything that has happened in your life. And then confess him as your Savior. Eyes closed, heads bowed. By a show of hands, how many of you have unforgiveness in your heart towards someone? Just raise your hand really high. Eyes closed, head bowed. Very good. Most of you in here. This is for you, baby. Let's go. In the privacy of your heart, pray, dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit I've offended you with my unforgiveness, with the sin in my life. But I believe that in spite of all that, Jesus loves me. And that he died and paid the price for the sin of my life. I confess Jesus as my Savior. I receive a fresh dose of his forgiveness. Fill me, God, with peace, love, joy, patience. I release my unforgiveness to you. I release my sin to you. I surrender my life to you. Lord, I have identified my sin. I've identified my bondage. I give myself permission to walk in freedom and let it go. And I surrender it to you. Thank you, God. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, in a minute I'm going to ask you to stand if you prayed that prayer. You may have prayed it for salvation. You may have prayed it because you just need to let something go. You need to be encouraged today. So I'm going to ask you to stand. You can ask someone to stand with you if you brought somebody to encourage you. But it is time to walk away from that bondage of unforgiveness. It is time to walk into your new life. It is time to walk into a new level of hope and clarity and peace and power in your life. So on the count of three, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand up. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. Stand to your feet. God bless you. God bless you.